Rob Carter Show. How, how good is that Pure Cure Coffee? Are you loving it? Oh, yeah. Pure Cure Coffee is fantastic. What I like about this coffee, other than the multiple flavors, and I love the smell. You know, my wife and I get up every morning, we have the Pure Cure Coffee. I love the taste. Listen, it's better coffee. PureCureCoffee.com. P-U-R. C-U-R, coffee.com. Get yourself some. It is fresh, delicious coffee, multiple flavors. Pure Cure Coffee. Get some. PureCureCoffee.com. P-U-R, C-U-R, coffee.com. This is S-R-1. All right, everybody, here we go. Today is Sunday, May 7th, 2023. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend, a fabulous Sunday evening. A big week for the Carter family. My stepdaughter Ashley graduated from the University of South Florida yesterday. Very proud of her. Fabulous ceremonies. Drove down about three hours to see it. And then three hours back yesterday. And as I told you, my back has been very painful lately, a golfing injury. I thought it was getting better, but sure enough, as I started to prepare for the show, I got those lower back pains again, so I'm playing hurt, but we have a lot to talk about, and we'll get into the politics of the day here in just a minute, but I got to tell you this story because I love it. I'm sitting around on Wednesday evening, and I get a phone call late at night from my son. He goes, Dad, did you see my catch? And of course, I have no idea what he's talking about. I go, catch, what are you talking about? He was talking about the St. Louis Cardinals game with the Los Angeles Angels, and we are big-time Cardinal fans, as are most people in St. Louis. It is cultural, and it's in our fiber. It's in our being. We love the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, it goes back to my dad, who was a Stan Musial fan, Lou Brock, and then you have my era with Ozzie Smith, Jack Clark, Tommy Hur, and my favorite player of all time, Willie McGee. And then my son grows up in the Albert Pujols era. So there's a lot to be excited about if you're a St. Louis Cardinal fan across generations. And he lives and dies with the St. Louis Cardinals. And on the replay, as I'm watching it, sure enough, there's my son. He reaches up, catches the uh, home run barehanded from Mike Trout, holds the ball in his right hand above his head, and then it cuts away from him. And the next thing you see is the ball rolling past Mike Trout, who's rounding third base. And I said to my son, so you threw a ball back for Mike Trout. Now, if you're not a baseball fan, that may not mean anything to you, but Mike Trout is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and arguably the best player in Major League Baseball. So that ball may be valuable someday. Tanner said, I don't care about Mike Trout. He goes, what is going on with these Cardinals? He goes, they're just terrible. And he goes into this tirade about how bad they are. And I said, you know what? I said, you know, my opinion, and I coached baseball for many years. I had a youth organization or was a part of a youth organization uh, that Uh, groomed kids for college baseball. We have some players that have made it to the major leagues, an organization right here in St. Louis called the St. Louis Gamers. And I said, Tanner, you know, the one thing that nobody is paying attention to is the loss of Yadier Molina. And, by the way, the loss of Mike Shannon, a legendary broadcaster, one of my favorites. Condolences to the Mike Shannon family because uh, I just thought he was fabulous on the radio. I loved his enthusiasm for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jovial guy. He will be sorely missed. Uh, But on the field, I think the biggest problem we have is the loss of Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina uh, covered up so many ailments the Cardinals had because he is uh, he's the captain of the defense. He is the one that runs the pitching staff and he makes a lot of decisions in the clubhouse because he is so respected by everyone from the front office uh, to the clubhouse people to the pitching staff to the defense. 
Uh, you cannot lose somebody like Yadier Molina and replace him, even with a terrific catcher like Contreras. Yadier Molina leaving the St. Louis Cardinals is such a big loss. I don't think Cardinal fans quite understand how important somebody like Yadier Molina is to an organization. That respect that he has from the pitching staff, when they come into a tight situation, uh, late, in, uh, late, in, late innings, late in the game, uh, there's something different when you're pitching to somebody who's been behind the plate for years and years and years, somebody who's won World Series championships, somebody that you can trust to calm you down, get your head in the right space, make pitches under pressure. Uh, I miss Yadier Molina already. I think, we, uh, I even said before when they lost Pujols, when the Cardinals lost Pujols and then re-signed Molina, I said, well, I'd rather have Molina than Pujols, and everybody said I was crazy. And I said, Molina is the key. When you have a catcher of that caliber, you don't see that but once in a generation. If that, Yadier Molina is the best defensive catcher uh, and best handler of a pitching staff I think the game has ever seen, and I think most uh, good baseball people will tell you they've never seen anybody catch a staff and have so much respect on the field like Yadier Molina. So he is sorely missed. I think the Cardinals are going to struggle until they uh, they get the organization back in shape. Using uh, Losing Yadier Molina is something that's going to be very difficult to replace. Now let me get into some other things. I want to talk about politics. A lot going on. And I hope that the conversation about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. starts to grow. Uh, I've been paying attention to all of his public statements. He is going on the alternative press and having long conversations about what's going on in this country and how the institutions have been corrupted. And it just, uh, before I get into it, I just want to remind you, I was on the Mike Ferguson show. He asked me about Tucker Carlson and what his impact would be if he had a presidential debate. And the reason I think Tucker Carlson could be an important person is because he can bridge what I do and what a lot of people do on the alternative media uh, websites, the alternative media space. You know, we talk about things that the corporate press is not allowed to talk about. And I think to myself, if we're in a free and open society, why is it so taboo just to talk about things that are going on within our government? Very serious things, very big accusations have been made, many by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., but uh, even Donald Trump. The accusations against this government are so severe, why can we not talk about them? Why can Fox News not talk about them? Why is CNN not talking about them? They want to get you fighting over the personalities. If you just watch how the news is shaped, you'll see CNN is really uh, a mouthpiece for anything anti-Republican, unless they're in the pocket of the establishment. Those Republicans can get on CNN. If you look at what goes on at Fox News, and I've got a clip, uh, the Dominion lawsuit, there was a clip released of what was going on behind the scenes with the Fox News personalities. But Fox News, their goal is to get you upset about everything that is liberal or Democrat. They're going to point out all of the ills and all of the policies that conservatives disagree with. But it's not done in a manner where we want to have a real conversation about it. It's a, it's a, the mood of Fox News is to get you upset. If you haven't noticed that, if you're a Fox News watcher, don't you just over time begin to despise people that have a different opinion than you? They are, they are shown on that network to be terrible human beings. They are framed in a certain manner. Same way conservatives and Republicans are framed on CNN and MSNBC and the entire media apparatus. And I think those things have to change, and I told Mike Ferguson as such. 
But here is a clip from Tucker Carlson. I played this on my most recent podcast. And by the way, just on the podcast conversation, if you want to hear more about these pedophile rings, I've talked about them on the show, this radio show for the past two or three weeks. If you want to get deeper into those conversations, I have more information for you that will just shock you. It's incredible some of the things that are out there in the public sphere that we never talk about. Nobody in the corporate press ever ties stories together for you so you can see a complete picture of what's going on within your government. Why are the southern borders open? Does it have anything with organized drug distribution? And I mean organized within our own government. Does it have anything to do with child pedophile rings? I think it might. And I think there's enough information out there that's open source. You can go look at it yourself. There's enough information out there to conclude that we have a real problem with pedophile rings catering to the most powerful people in this country. And if you don't hear the stories and you don't weigh the information, then how can you comment on it? How can you say it's not real or it's not true or it's conspiracy? It doesn't make any sense if you don't hear all of the information. So if you want to hear more about it, uh, join my podcast. I do one every week. I go right to our website, therobshowpodcast.com. Therobshowpodcast.com. And Rob is always spelled with two Bs. Let me start with Tucker Carlson because I want you to hear what he has to say. I played this on my podcast, but I want the radio audience to hear it. He's talking about what you can and can't talk about on corporate news and why. He asked the question, uh, if, if you can't talk about it, those are the things we probably should be asking questions about. Here it is, clip number two, one. Ready. Tucker Carlson, go. If, if you go on TV tonight and say, I think the earth is flat, people will just laugh at you. They don't care if you think the earth is flat. It's not a threat to anyone. But if you say, like, what what actually happened with Building 7? Like, that is weird, right? It doesn't, like, what right, is that? Right. If you were to say something like that on television, they'd flip out. They would flip out. So you'd, like, lose your job over that. Why? Why? It's my mm-hmm. country. Right. Is it an attack on my country? Can I ask it? Like, I don't really understand. Do buildings actually collapse? No, they, maybe they do. I don't know. But, like, why can't I ask questions about that? Anything you're not allowed to ask questions about is something you should be asking more questions about, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Isn't that obvious, though? If you are a journalist, your job, if you're in the political press, your job is to hold powerful people accountable. But now we're spread up in the corner, so you really can never get, if you're somebody who says Donald Trump uh, is not all he says he is, Where are the journalists that can ask him those questions? You'll see that it never happens. We are in a corporate press environment. And what I think is starting to happen with Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News is there's going to be a bridge, I hope. I hope Tucker Carlson is the real deal. Because he can bridge the corporate press, which is sanitized. It uh, It has a goal. And that goal is to keep you distracted from reality. It's to keep you in a narrative-based um, narrative-based agenda. So they create the narrative, and then you talk about it, but you're never able to tie things together because every time you start to get close to the truth, they change the narrative. But if you look at what's going on in the alternative media space, that's where real information is if you have a good eye for understanding what's real and what isn't real. Because now, this is something that we're going to have to deal with here in the not-too-distant future, is AI can create create. Uh, sound bites, clips, things that you find on social media that used to say you'd never even question them. Now those are being auto-generated. So you don't even know if the clips that you're hearing are real. And I have an AI clip that was put out on social media that reads through all of the 
text messages between the Fox News correspondents, Fox News hosts, uh, regarding Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and uh, the whole story about the election in 2020. Uh, it was released in the uh, Dominion case. You'll get to see what they were saying behind the scenes, but what you'll hear in this audio is an AI-generated clip where the voices of Tucker Carlson, the voice of uh, Laura Ingram, these voices um, are, are AI-generated. So they're reading the text, but you're not going to be able to tell whether that voice was auto-generated by AI or really... Uh, spoken by the correspondent or whoever the person is in the news. Does that make sense? I mean, you're not going to, you're going to get clips on audio and you're not going to be able to recognize whether they are AI, artificial intelligence uh, generated, or if they're real. Very scary situation if you're in the alternative media. So you better stay, if you're in this space, you better be very aware of all of the pitfalls that are coming your way. I think the alternative media space is so much more compelling than what you get on the network corporate news media here's just another clip that i want to play this is joe rogan and i talk about him all the time joe rogan is not necessarily a necessarily a political figure but what joe rogan does is have long two three hour conversations with people inside the bubble these are people that have insights to things and you can really have long um long conversations where you explore information you can get to the bottom of some of the questions you can't do that on corporate news. So there are people that think if the news is real, they would hear about it on MSNBC. They'd hear about it on ABC or CBS or NBC. They'd hear it in that mainstream channel. And there's other people that think anything that comes out of the mainstream press is uh, is a lie, is agenda-driven, is narrative-driven. So they only pay attention to the side of the uh, alternative press. What I think Tucker Carlson could do is bring those two things together. Now, here is Joe Rogan. He had a long conversation with Dr. Asim Malhotra. Now, Asim Malhotra is a world-renowned cardiologist out of uh, the UK, and he's talking about COVID because COVID now, that enormous scam that went on, uh, I've been talking about it throughout my entire show. It was just an enormous con job. I'm not saying there wasn't a virus out there that was hurting people, but the way it was used to consolidate power uh, it just cannot be denied. And the dangers of telling people that they have to stick a needle in their arm to work or to travel is a very dangerous precedent. Whether you believe these gene therapies slash vaccines are good for you or not doesn't matter. What matters is the government said you had to stick these things in your arm in order to live a normal life. Here is Joe Rogan with Asim Malhotra. Listen very closely to the very end of this clip and what he has to say. Clip number two, one, ready, go. The fact that, you know, we consider vaccines to be completely safe traditionally. 1-800 is a very, very high figure. Um, We've pulled other vaccines for much less. 1976, swine flu vaccine was pulled because it was found to cause a debilitating neurological condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome in about 1 in 100,000 people. Rotavirus vaccine pulled in 1999, suspended because it was found to uh, cause a form of bowel obstruction in kids in 1 in 10,000. This is at least 1-800. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. So the question then is, why have we not paused it? What's going on here? And I think the barrier that we've got, Joe, to deal with, with a lot of people who are not enlightened or is awake or familiar or understanding this information, it's a psychological barrier. It's not an intellectual one. Mm. Right? This is willful blindness. 
you know, a concept, a psychological phenomenon, which we're all capable of in different circumstances, where human beings turn a blind eye to the truth in order to feel safe, avoid conflict, reduce anxiety, and protect prestige and fragile egos. Think about that, and we'll be right back after these bre- after the break, and we'll talk more about the conversation with Joe Rogan and Dr. Asim Malhotra. We'll be right back. everybody welcome back thanks for sticking around through the break once again my name is rob carter let me recap that first segment because i packed a lot in there and i generally like to do that i like to give people a touch of everything that i'm going to talk about because i have two hours and i do my best to give people information you do what you want with it but there's information out there that a lot of people don't get to hear so we started with my daughter's graduation from the university of south florida very proud of her then i talked about my son who had a barehanded catch of Mike Trout's home run on Wednesday night, which led me into my conversation about the St. Louis Cardinals and Yadier Molina, who I think is the greatest catcher who ever lived. And I wanted to get that off my chest because I just don't think enough people are talking about his greatness. You see a significant drop-off in the performance of the pitching staff and the St. Louis Cardinals when they lose a Hall of Famer like Yadier Molina. And a lot of people think you can go out and replace him with Contreras, who's a great catcher, But there is only one Yadier Molina, kids. There is only one. And when you have somebody that is that great leave your organization, you are going to feel it whether you like it or not. And then we got into politics. As I said before, I was on the Mike Ferguson show, and we talked about, or he asked me the question about Tucker Carlson. What would it look like if he had a debate, a GOP debate? And I made the comment, and I didn't get into it too terribly deep, but The reason I like the idea of Tucker Carlson holding a debate is he can merge the alternative media space and the corporate news space. And that's why I played the last two clips in segment number one. The first one was Tucker Carlson saying, you know, when I'm in Fox News, I'm in that corporation. There are things I can't talk about and there's questions that I can't ask. And he says, why not? I'm an American citizen. I'm a journalist. Why can't I ask these questions? And then he goes on to say, It's the stories that you can't touch. Those are the stories you should be asking questions about. And that leads me into the pedophile rings and the COVID-19 scam. I want to play just the back half of that clip that I played in segment number one. This is the Joe Rogan Show, and this guy's name is Dr. Asim Malhotra. And he's talking about the devastating result of the gene therapies that we all had to take to get back to normal. We all had to take him to keep a job. We all had had to take him if we wanted to travel. And I said from the very beginning, built my entire show on showing people that this was a con job. This This was a corporate con job to get you to take medicines that you have no idea if they were safe, whether you needed them or not. You had no idea. You just believed, or a lot of people did, that because of the enormous propaganda campaign to get you scared and to get you freaking out so that you had to take a needle in your arm to save humanity, that you jumped right in. And I've been saying for a long time that this was a planned and orchestrated event that's been uh, talked about for uh, 10, 11 years before it ever happened. The Rockefeller Foundation put out paperwork in 2010 called Lockstep, and it talks exactly about 
a pandemic and how authoritarians around the world can consolidate power on the back of a pandemic. That should raise your eyebrows when the Rockefellers, a very powerful family, write out uh, basically a scenario that we watched in real time with the COVID-19 pandemic. So having said all that, I want to play just the back half of this conversation with Joe Rogan, Alternative Media Space. He's on Spotify, but Alternative Media Space, where you have three-hour conversations where you dig into topics like an intelligent person does, and you really discuss them, hash them out, and ask some questions. We don't get that on the corporate news. We get 10 minutes, 15-minute segments. As soon as you want to get something, or as soon as you get into the meat and bones of a conversation, we're going to commercial, then we're on to the next narrative. That's the way it works. And I think it works that way by design. But we have to merge those camps. We have to convince the people that are in the corporate news bubble that there's a lot of information out there that they are not privy to that they need to understand better. One of them is the child pedophile rings, which we'll talk about in the second half of the show. And the other is COVID-19 because a lot of people just want to gloss over it like it never happened. But guys like me, I look at it and go, listen, this just happened. We can learn a lot from the way our government manipulated society to their benefit because the FDA and the CDC, along with the pharmaceutical companies and our DOD, they were all in this game together. Billions and billions and billions of dollars of profit were made by the pharmaceutical companies, which are in bed with our own government. It's the reason why the southern border is wide open. These drug cartels, human trafficking rings, child pedophile rings, they are in bed with key players in our government, it certainly seems. And why can't we have that conversation? Who does the government work for? They work for us. Why do we look at these people as though we can't ask them tough questions? And why don't they demand that they get out into the alternative media space and answer some very difficult questions? That should be demanded of our public officials, yet it doesn't seem to really happen, and I don't understand why. Let me show you this clip, or let me... Uh, play this clip for you one more time. Listen to the back half of it, and then I'm going to add some context to it. This is Joe Rogan and Dr. Asim Malholtra, famed cardiologist from the UK. Clip number two, two, ready, go. This is at least 1-800. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. So the question then is, why have we not paused it? What's going on here? And I think the barrier that we've got, Joe, to deal with, with a lot of people who are not enlightened or is awake or familiar or understanding this information. It's a psychological barrier. It's not an intellectual one. Mm. Right? This is willful blindness. You know, a concept, a psychological phenomenon, which we're all capable of in different circumstances, where human beings turn a blind eye to the truth in order to feel safe, avoid conflict, reduce anxiety, and protect prestige and fragile egos. Don't you think that's true? Because uh, when I look at this and I have conversations with friends of mine, I always say, because they want to be right, and they want people to recognize that they never needed the vaccines, especially healthy people, that it was all a big show, a game, a con job, if you will, and they want to be right about it, and they want their friends to recognize that they didn't take the vaccines because they were right all along that it was a con, and they can't get people on the other side that took the boosters and the whole operation to recognize that they may have harmed themselves at the very worst but at the very least, they just didn't need them. They didn't need to go through the wearing two masks and standing on dots and losing their job. Uh, they didn't need to do all of that. So they want to be right. And they always come to me and they say they just can't get, you know, can I give them some more information? I said, listen, you're never going to get those people to come to your side of the fence. 
there's something psychological going on, which is what the doctor just said there. You know, when you have all of the information, if you just do any amount of research on both sides of the argument and just use your own eyes and your, um, your discernment, you recognize that COVID-19 was an orchestrated con job. It just was. Not to say there wasn't a virus out there that was hurting people, but the orchestration around what happened there with COVID-19 was a con. And you cannot get people to recognize it, so we're just going to move on to the next narrative. And we become uh, susceptible to this happening again. And you have no idea what's going to happen next time because now you don't have any trust. You have no trust from the citizens that anything the government tells us, these institutions that we used to trust, we have no belief in them anymore. You don't know whether they're telling you the truth. You don't know whether they're lying to you. You're not going to stick a needle in your arm with these people again. And next time you may actually need it. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen because we have a fraudulent government. We have a government that has no interest in serving the American people. They have no interest in upholding the Constitution. They have no interest in you and I being unified. They have no interest in whether we get along or not. They have no interest in teaching kids how to think. They only have interest in teaching kids what to think. And just on that note, when I was listening to like I said, my daughter graduated uh, from college yesterday, and they had the president of the school get up and give a speech, and he was fantastic. He was good. But he said, you know, we went through the most difficult time ever to graduate from college. We went through an insurrection. We went through a global pandemic, and we lived through the Black Lives Matter movement, and he was glorifying all three. And I'm thinking to myself, man, these kids, this is the president of the school And he has no idea about reality. He only knows the indoctrination that he got. He only knows the superficial BS that was shoved down his throat at his college, through his media, and through the entire operation uh, over the course of the past three years. All of the propaganda that is being um, regarded as true. You know, people believe these things. They cannot get out of that bubble. They're going to turn on their TV every morning regardless and find out what the narrative of the day is, and then they'll talk about it all day with their friends and family. Uh, That's how the system works, and that's why I think it is so important for the American citizenry to understand news and information and how to to decipher it, how how to look at the people giving them the news and say, who are these people? Do they have motives? Are they connected? Are they trying to get something over on me, or are they trying to help me? And if you look at it for any amount of time, you know that the vast majority of people in the media, the corporate media business, are living off a corrupt system with fake narratives that are orchestrated for them on a day-to-day basis. As Robert F. Kennedy says, you know, the CIA puts in motion all of the problems that we face. So if you have mass school shootings, is that because of the medicines we're taking Is that because the FBI gets involved with somebody and they don't solve the problem? Think of uh, 2001, September 11th. The hijackers were learning how to fly planes in Florida. The FBI was made aware of it, and they said, listen, these guys want to know how to take off. They want to know how to fly a plane in the air, but they don't want to know how to land it. Now, this was information that was out there that our FBI was aware of, and they did nothing. They did absolutely Well, why? (laughs) I mean, If you have somebody from the Middle East and you know you're in kind of a back-and-forth war in the Middle East, why would it not be important to know that there are some Middle Easterners in our country in a time of war or in a time of uh, uh, dissension with the Middle East, at the very least, 
and they want to learn how to fly planes but not how to land them. What, shouldn't that make uh, bells go off? These things are questions that we need to ask, and there needs to be competent answers. And if we don't get competent answers, there needs to be pressure put on our officials until we get officials in there that are doing the right thing by the American people. But we don't do that anymore. Our society has been so conditioned out of reality that we don't even ask questions about things that matter. So that leads me into this uh, next alternative media conversation. Uh, This is on uh, the show. It's called Unheard, U-N-H-E-R-D. It's a conversation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. about his running for president and very interesting questions that are being asked, and he has no problem. You can tell that there is no question off limits for Robert F. Kennedy. Now, doesn't isn't that appealing to you, whether he be a Democrat or Republican? Isn't it appealing that somebody will go on and talk to somebody for an hour, two hours, three hours long and answer whatever question about whatever topic that person wants to ask? And if he doesn't uh, want to get into the topic, he tells you why. He says, look, that's not a federal thing. I don't want to get into that conversation because it's not an issue for me. That's a state issue, and I just don't think it's, even though I have my opinion, I don't need to make a comment about it because it's not a federal issue. I'm running for president of the United States. I'm running as a federal leader, a nationwide leader. I don't get into topics that are, that are uh, that are supposed to be conquered at the state and local level. And I think it's so refreshing to have a politician just simply be honest with the people they are supposed to represent. Now, here is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Listen to this clip. He talks about the institutions in this country, all, every single one of them being corrupted. It's quasi-fascism. He calls it corporatism, but it's just where the corporations are in bed with the politicians, and they make policies uh, on their, for, their, for themselves, for them to make money, to, for them to make profit. It doesn't matter whether you get in the way. It doesn't matter if you die. Nothing matters to them other than the bottom line. All they need is a complicit press to cover it up. Here is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the Unheard Show. Clip number 3-1. Ready. Go. I could go on about that all day because I've spent 40 years litigating against the uh, against the agencies, you know, the, the regulatory agencies in the United States. So I can tell you that EPA is effectively run by... Uh, the oil industry, the coal industry, and the pesticide industry. When we sued them, when I, you know, I was on that trial team that brought the Monsanto cases, and we, you know, ended up uh, with a, a thirteen billion dollars settlement against after winning three trials. Um, but during those trials, we uncovered through discovery email traffic going back years that showed that the head of the pesticide division. At EPA was secretly working for Monsanto. So there's just the beginning of it. He's trying to explain to you that the corporations like Monsanto are in bed with the regulators in our government. It's the same thing. There's no distance between the two. They work with each other. And you saw that happen with the FDA and the CDC throughout COVID-19. And what Robert F. Kennedy says, if you listen to him, and I, I recommend that everybody start paying attention to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., what he has to say. He says that the CIA or global intelligence agencies, which I think are attached to uh, organized crime, if you will, to say the very least, they create the circumstances that we eventually have to go solve. They create the environment for war. They create the environment to take away your guns because we just had another shooting, eight people killed in Texas. And that's on the back of a mass shooting we had in Cleveland, Texas, right before that. So if these things aren't just random events, if they're a little bit more orchestrated than that, 
then what is the narrative after these horrific events? The narrative is we have to take your guns away because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are here to protect us. You don't really need those guns. We have the genius of Joe Biden and the brilliance of Kamala Harris. They want you to know that they are the only ones that can protect you from yourself. You're going to give up your liberty and you're going to give up your freedom because Kamala and Joe are here to protect you. Think about that. We'll be right back. Alright everybody, welcome back. Segment number three coming your way. Once again, my name is Rob Carter and you are listening to SR1 on News Talk STL. We are going to get back into the conversation we were having about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and the alternative media space because a lot of people don't even understand the difference between the two and I want to highlight it for you. But before we do, that song is Sunspot Baby by the great Bob Seger. And I was talking to my dad, it was about 10 days ago, and I said, you know, when we do the video version, we have a video version of the podcast, we've casted for it, we're building the set, we're going to have that out for the stretch run in 2024, hopefully sooner, but by 2024 and the lead up to the election, we're going to have a video version of this show, and we're going to talk about a lot more than politics. And I said to my dad, I said, I want to have very in-depth conversations about divorce, because half the country gets divorced, and the government gets right in the middle of it. And when tensions are high and people are upset, uh, divorce becomes a major problem uh, for families. And I want to talk about that. I think, uh, I think both men and women who have been through divorce want to see how that system works because there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. It is designed to keep you and I fighting just like the corporate press. The divorce, <laughs> if you pay attention to these people, these divorce attorneys They like you fighting. The more you fight, the more money they make because it never ends. The fight continues on. Uh, Very similar to what we see within the corporate press as it applies to culture and politics here. But I said, Dad, give me one song that I can use as an intro for divorce. And he said, Sunspot Baby by Bob Seger. He didn't hesitate for a second. I love the song, so I had to play it here uh, to get this particular segment started. Now, let me get back. You know, I like to get off track. My mind wanders every now and again. You know how it is when you get old. But I want to continue the conversation with Robert F. Kennedy and the idea that you must listen to the alternative media sources before you, um, before your uh, opinion of anything is completely shaped. you got to get out of the corporate news bubble for a minute and hear in-depth conversations about real topics. Now, this particular clip, and I played just a little bit of it in segment two. We'll play the whole thing here in just a minute. But the reason I like it is because Robert F. Kennedy Jr., it appears to me, and I'm not happy that he's a Democrat. I can't stand the Democrat Party. It makes me want to puke. And he's a part of that. So immediately I'm a little bit nervous. I don't like the Republican Party any better. As Tucker Carlson said, ugh, right? Both parties are one party. It's just they give you two sides of the same coin. It's They move you in one direction, arguing about everything, but they move the system into place. Whether you understand that or not, doesn't matter. That's what's happening. The system gets moved the way they want it to move because you and I are arguing throughout the entire operation. But what Robert F. Kennedy says is he has been involved in litigation with all of our major institutions, the FDA, the CDC, the CIA, the FBI, all of the major institutions within this country. 
And what he describes is a system of fascism where the corporate leaders have uh, aligned themselves with the political operation here in the United States, and we end up with the corporations making policy for us because the regulatory body within the federal government is so corrupted that the corporations and the regulatory bodies are one and the same. It's the same thing. There's no distance between the two. And that's a real problem here. If our government isn't looking out for our best interest, where are we going if we don't even pay attention to it or care? So Robert F. Kennedy says he understands it. He says he's the only one that has been litigating these people for decades. His father and his uncle were assassinated, so it takes a little bit of a uh, chutzpah, if you will, to come out and tell people that, hey, you know, a lot of these things that we see in our life are manufactured for us by the CIA who tries to create problems that we then have to come in and fix. Problem, reaction, solution. That's the game. And everybody, I think, that really thinks through the uh, issues of the day, they recognize that to be the case. But they never want to point the finger at the federal government or people within power in this country, whether they are in the government or attached to it. Political influence, if you will. They don't see it. They don't want to recognize it. So I want to play what he has to say about the regulatory body here in the United States, and the institutions they are supposed to be protecting you from, they are one and the same. Clip number 3-1, back half of this. Ready, go. And was running that agency to uh, to promote the mercantile ambitions of that business rather than the public interest. He was killing studies, he was fixing studies, he was ghostwriting studies, and that's, that's true throughout the agencies. I mean, if you look at the pharmaceutical agent on industry in our country, it runs FDA. FDA gets 50% of its budget from Big Pharma. Um, the CDC spends half of its budget purchasing vaccines from Big Pharma and then distributing it. So it is a partner. And NIH uh, essentially is just an incubator for new pharmaceutical products. It, it doesn't really do the kind of basic research that we want them to be doing about where are all these diseases these chronic diseases and, and allergic diseases coming from autoimmune disease and neurological disease. Why are we seeing this explosion? Now, those kind of studies don't get done. Studies that do get done are studies that develop pharmaceutical products. And then NIH collects royalties when the pharma company sells those products. So you have the regulator that, you know, is essentially a partner with the regulated industry. How about that? You know, when you really dive down into these conversations, it's, it's basically my show. You know, what he's talking about is what my show has been about from the very beginning. We cannot trust what we hear from our politicians because we don't have a press holding them accountable. When Donald Trump came out and put Dr. Fauci, who in my opinion is a known industry shill and has been for 30 years, and people who pay attention to this government know who he is, all the way back to the AIDS days, we know who Dr. Fauci is. But apparently Donald Trump didn't know. He liked to put Dr. Fauci out there, tell everybody that we needed to shut down society. Him and the scarf uh, lady come out and do uh, interviews. I mean, I'm sorry. They come out and give press conferences on a daily basis to make sure that he's, uh, we know that uh, the Trump administration and Mike Pence and the scarf lady and Dr. Fauci are on top of it. They are on top of this deadly pandemic. And it's all ridiculous if you understand what's going on. This is just a theater. It's, just, it's nothing more than theater. It's a movie. It's a show. It's intended to scare you and divide you and get you hiding underneath the table in your home from the deadly 
invisible virus. It's absurd. Aggravates me every time I start talking about it, so i got to calm down. Now, let me get into just one more little clip from the Unheard Show. This is alternative media. These are the kind of questions, and this is the kind of vibe you get if you have the time to study the alternative media sites. Very important that you understand how to decipher information because if you don't, you can't manage your life. Forget whether you think the world's going to end and what's going on in Ukraine and Russia is going to lead to nuclear war and we're all going to die or that the government is going to collapse the currency and we're going to be eating crickets. Whatever you believe is this uh, disaster scenario heading our way, the one thing you have to understand is how to organize your mind and how to organize the information that is being fed to you. If you don't know how to do that, you can't manage your life. You don't know where to put your money. You don't know where to live. You don't know what to believe. And so you throw your hands up in the air, and now you have no control of your life. You have no control over where your life and your family's life is heading. And that is a very disturbing situation to be in. You can't throw your hands up and say, I just can't figure any of it out. Therefore, I'll put no time and energy into understanding. I think that's a mistake. And even if you don't want to do it, you got to figure out who to listen to, who to, who's going to bring you information that you can act upon. So here is just one more little clip from the Unheard Show. This is alternative media. And listen to the very last thing he says, because I have made this same little statement many times throughout my show. Clip number three, two, go. With all these different examples, um, is it your sense, and I'm trying to draw a distinction here, between actual corruption? I mean, do you feel like there are individuals within these agencies who are improperly, maybe even illegally, benefiting from these kind of corporate ties? Or is it more of a general sense that they come from the same kind of class, there's a revolving door between those positions, and they tend to sign up to the same way of viewing the world? It's both. You know, I mean, it's it's legal, legalized bribery. It's legalized bribery. And that's what I say to people. I'm like, nobody's going to jail. Nobody's going to be held accountable because the people that are getting over on us, they make the laws. They prosecute. They run the DOJ. They run the Supreme Court. They run everything. So when you say, well, now people are starting to understand, people start to know what's going on. We're going to win, 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 win. Not really. Because they already have the system cornered. So what you need to understand is how to push back in a system that is corrupt, but maybe push it back away uh, from taking your freedoms. Push that system back. Don't allow them. Don't comply when they try to get over on you. When they try to get over you with COVID-19, when they get over on trying to take your guns away, when they get over on you by uh, restricting your privacy, selling your information all over the world. When they do those things, you have to hold them accountable. And how do you hold them accountable first? At the ballot box and through money. So we have to have elections that are verifiable, and we have to stop funding corrupted institutions. We have to do that as a people, or we're just going to sleepwalk off the cliff. You can kind of see it beginning to develop. Now, I want to play this for you as well, because as we get into the alternative media space, we have to be very aware of AI. And I want to play this clip for you. So what happened was Dominion uh, just settled with Fox News for $787 million. And again, if you understand that Fox News is a part of the system, you now know that Fox News has basically said that Dominion was on the up and up. By settling the suit, we never get to hear all of the information. There's no investigation. There's no, uh, there's no defense of the people that said the Dominion voting systems were hackable. We never have a defense that says, hey, these, these voter systems need to be 
uh, checked out because there's a lot of people around the country, whether it be Democrat or Republican, that says our computer systems, our voting systems can be hacked and manipulated. So we never get any resolution to it. What we are left to believe is that Fox News settled that suit because they had no information to the contrary. That's what we are led to believe. And now all of the back and forth with Fox News hosts have been released in this Dominion lawsuit. So now we get to hear what Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson were saying behind the scenes. Now this, what I'm getting ready to play for you, this clip is AI generated. So all the voices that you hear are actually text messages. But they are uh, the text messages, the voices you hear are computer generated by the person who gave you the text. So if Laura Ingram has a text out there that was brought up in the Dominion lawsuit, instead of reading the text, it's going to be her voice saying the text. Same thing with Tucker Carlson. If he texts something to a producer, you're going to hear his voice saying the text. So it's AI generated, but the text messages are real. These are real text messages between Fox News hosts and people within that organization. Check out what they had to say about Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and the whole conversation about the 2020 election and the voting systems that are Dominion. Clip number three, three. Ready? Go. What you're hearing is an AI rendering of Tucker Carlson's voice. The voices in this video are AI renderings of statements made by Fox News hosts as released through the Dominion voting systems lawsuit. Most prominent Fox News stars and executives privately mocked election lies while promoting them publicly. That whole narrative that Sidney was pushing, I did not believe it for one second. The machine ran an algorithm that shaved votes from Trump and awarded them to Biden. Nobody liked Dominion voting systems. Nobody. The software shit is absurd. I've been all in trying to find the machine fraud, and we found it. We have all the evidence. Sydney is a complete nut. No one will work with her. We have computer evidence of hundreds of thousands of votes being injected into the computer systems. Ditto with Rudy. Dominion notifies you, you call off the county, and then you start doing ballots like this. So what you hear, but you can't see, is the fact that they are saying these things about people they are interviewing. So in, when Laura Ingram says Sidney Powell is a nut, the next clip is of her interviewing Sidney Powell and giving everything she says credibility. Isn't that interesting that you would have this going on at Fox News? Because I believe that Fox News is just a part of the establishment press. I don't know that Laura Ingram has any more insight to politics than Sean Hannity does. They bring these people on, but it is a circle of nonsense. It is always aimed to divide and distract. So you don't get a real competent story out of Fox News. Every time there's something that is really important, they just skim around the edges and then they move on to the next narrative when we get close. And that is a perfect example of it right there. And the other part of that that you have to pay attention to is the AI. AI is a real problem. Elon Musk has been talking about it for a while now uh, because once you can start computer uh, generating imagery, So instead of Tucker Carlson uh, really saying something, now AI and these computers can give you his face and his voice and everything, and he didn't really say it. You just think that he said it, or any politician in this country or around the world. So now you have real deception taking place. And now who do you rely on? If you don't know that these things that are out there on social media are real, and you know the corporate press is fake... How do you get to the truth? How do you know who to believe? How do you know where to go? How do you know what to understand? 
And that's why I say you have to put your trust in people that are absolutely glued to the information. I'm one of those people. I stay completely connected. It's hard to fool me because I see everything all the time. I'm locked on it. It's a passion of mine. It's not work for me. This is what I do. This is what I love to do. I love to glean information, find out what's the truth, put storylines together, and connect dots. And we're going to get back into it in the second hour of the show. And I want to touch on the elite pedophile rings in the second hour as well. So stick around through the break. We'll be right back. The Rob Carter Show. The Rob Carter Show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Hour number two heading your way. Once again, my name is Rob Carter. Thanks for sticking around through the break. I was able to enjoy some Pure Cure coffee, my favorite coffee. If you haven't tried it, you should. It is the very best coffee that will ever cross your lips. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. I just love the coffee. I love the story. I love these guys trying to get a business off the ground. And I drink coffee every morning. I have since I was probably 17 years old. I love coffee. So when he said, you know, Rob, try my coffee. I'd like to be a sponsor for the show. I thought the odds were maybe 5% that I would enjoy the coffee enough to sponsor them, but I absolutely love this coffee. If you are a coffee drinker, you got to give it a shot. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. PureCureCoffee.com. The smell alone will sell it. You got to give it a shot, and you must, in my opinion, support sponsors that support free speech. Small businesses, not the corporate businesses, that's where you're going to get off the rails. Support your neighbors, support the small operations, these small businesses trying to make a go of it. When they deliver a product as good as Pure Cure Coffee, you got to support it. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. Now, let me get into the show here. Because I want to talk about Donald Trump, and then I want to get into the elite pedophile rings. If you have not been paying attention to my uh, recent podcast and this radio show, and you're interested in these elite pedophile rings, you got to check it out. The information is out in the public arena, and it is crazy when you pay attention to it. We talked about the Franklin cover-up in the 80s out of Omaha, Nebraska. We've talked about Kathy O'Brien and her book, Transformation of America, the key Figures in both of those those cases, Kathy O'Brien and Paul Benassi, both claim to be a part of a military operation called Project Monarch. Now, before you dismiss the information, you got to hear it and you got to weigh it. And we do that on the show. So if you want more information about those cases and the Epstein case and now the Delta Project, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but that was back in the 70s when you tie all of these stories together. What you are going to recognize is a very ugly, dark picture of the way our system works. And you need to hear it, and you need to discuss it, and we need to figure it out. We have to get to the bottom of these things. We cannot continue going on walking blind and allowing our system to take advantage of kids for sex. It's just its disgusting. It's incredible. Uh, Slavery, debt slavery, sex slavery. This is what's going on, apparently. Uh, We just had a recent... uh, testimony before Congress by Tara Lee Rodas, who was an HHS whistleblower, and she makes the same claim. So we're going to get into it in the back half of the show, but I want to start with Donald Trump because this deposition that he gave in the E. Jean Carroll rape case 
uh, to me is a little bit bizarre uh, when I hear Donald Trump talk. And I remember when this went down, if you remember, there was the uh, Access Hollywood tapes with Billy Bush. And you've got Donald Trump talking about how he's trying to get this woman into bed. And he makes some very aggressive comments. And you can easily say it. And I've said some horrible things in my life that if it was put out there into the public, you could paint me out to be the devil himself. Uh, sometimes it's done in jest. Sometimes it's done in anger. Sometimes it's done with sarcasm. And it's meant for a certain audience. And when you say things that are off color, you kind of understand who the audience is, right? So if you're being secretly recorded, it's a little different ballgame because you don't understand the context of the conversation. So when Donald Trump supporters heard the Access Hollywood tapes, they took it with a grain of salt. They said, you know what? He's saying it in jest. Uh, He's around people. He's trying to be funny, and he's telling this story. Although crude, as what Donald Trump called it, he called it locker room talk. Although it's crude, is it that horrible because it's in a group of men They're talking about women, and is it that big of a deal? And I said at the time, no, and I made the argument that that, you know, what you say in private amongst men uh, might not be suitable for everyone's ears because it's a private conversation. But when you hear what Donald Trump has to say about his commentary on the Access Hollywood tapes that were released right before the election in 2020, when you hear what he has to say in the deposition, it doesn't uh, shed him in the best light. It doesn't shine a light on his character the way uh, Donald Trump supporters would like to believe. It's nasty. I think it sounds ridiculous what he has to say, and I think you should hear it. So we're going to talk about that first. This is Donald Trump talking about the Access Hollywood tapes. And remember he said, I can grab women by the you-know-what because I'm a star? Check out how he uh, describes his commentary on the Access Hollywood tapes to the interviewer in the deposition in the rape allegations made by E. Jean Carroll against Donald Trump. Clip number two, three. Ready, go. And you say, and again, this has become very famous in this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything Grab them by the pussy. You could do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what it's... If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. And you consider yourself uh, to be a star? I think you can say that, yeah. And... Well, listen here. I'm a star. There's no bigger star than the person you are listening to right now. I am a star, and I can tell you for certain, I do not have the authority to grab women in their private area whenever I want. Donald Trump is making that statement, and I don't know where it goes from there because it's a relatively small clip, but to say that for a million years that stars can grab women in their private area at will is absurd and completely and totally ridiculous. And that's why I bring up all of the stories about what the rich and powerful are doing. You have the Harvey Weinstein case. Let me just give you an idea before I get back to Donald Trump. Let me give you an idea of what's going on within this country. Just think about these are the cases that we know about. You've got John Podesta and Tony Podesta. There is a famous interview where he's, uh, he's talking to the political press and they're walking through his house. And you have the, this artwork all over his walls of very disturbing paintings 
around pedophilia, just kids in bondage and with their hands tied behind their back and these types of things. It's bizarre, but it's right there for everybody to see. And both of those people were talked about in the WikiLeaks drops. Then you have Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner, a congressman from New York who was married to the right-hand person of Hillary Clinton, a woman by the name of Uma Abedin. You've got Anthony Weiner who's sending uh, illicit pictures of his genitals to a 15-year-old girl. Public knowledge. You have the story, the one that I cannot get past, and I talk about it all the time. I don't know how to get it through to enough people, but this is something that should be at the top of conversation when you're trying to figure out what's going on within our country. You have the story of Bill and Donald Barr with Jeffrey Epstein. And again, just very quickly, if you think this is normal, I don't know how you get there. Donald Barr, who was in the intelligence agencies, the OSS, the original CIA, the OSS, Donald Barr ran a school, a high school, in New York City in the early 70s. He hires Jeffrey Epstein, the famous Jeffrey Epstein, a prolific pedophile, to teach at his high school when Jeffrey Epstein did not even have a degree in college. So he's teaching without a degree for a guy who was in the CIA, Donald Barr. And then Donald Barr's son, Bill Barr, who was nominated by Donald Trump to run the DOJ, he becomes the guy that says nothing to see here when Jeffrey Epstein apparently is either murdered or commits suicide in a prison where the guards were sleeping and the cameras were turned off. I mean, you can't make it up. So you got Donald Barr and his son, Bill Barr, coming to save the day and just pushing aside the entire Jeffrey Epstein case. He committed suicide, game over, nothing to see here. Everything's going to be just fine. It makes no sense. Then you have the story of Denny Hastert. Dennis Hastert was a Republican. He was third in line to be president And he was convicted of molestation of young boys when he was a wrestling coach. Then you have the story of Jim Jordan, uh, who was accused of turning the other way when kids within the wrestling team that he coached were being molested by another person. Then you have what you see right before your very eyes with Joe Biden. As I've said before, I do not understand people that support Donald Trump not asking him why he didn't go after Joe Biden. Because he said the laptop was real. There's all kinds of video on there about Hunter Biden. There's stories of money laundering. Uh, there's stories of pedophilia. There's stories of pornography. There's all kinds of stories on there that would have been devastating to Joe Biden, to Adolph Magoo Biden, but Donald Trump didn't bring him up in the debates in the 2020 elections. I never understood it, but there are videos, one after another, that I talked about at the very beginning of my show where you have Joe Biden sticking his nose into the head, into the hair of small children, and then groping them on camera. You can watch it where he's touching young girls, preteens, it looks like to me, touching them around the breast, trying to pull them in close to his groin. Things that when you see, you recognize right away as being out of place. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't look right. It feels very creepy. It seems disgusting, but Donald Trump never even brought it up. And then you have Joe Biden. There's a famous... A little video clip. A buddy of mine just sent it to me just recently, by the way. I've seen it a million times. Where you have Jeff Sessions. Now, Jeff Sessions was the attorney general, the first attorney general. He was the one that was going around with Donald Trump at the very beginning. And because he was such a power player in D.C., Jeff Sessions is the one who gave Donald Trump credibility. There is a famous scene on the floor floor of Congress where 
Joe Biden is, is trying to get close with this little small girl. She looks like she's about seven years old. And Jeff Sessions comes over and slaps his hand away from the girl and takes her away. Now, what is that all about? Have you ever done that? Do you know anybody in your life that you wouldn't even let touch a child? You slap their hands away and pull the girl away? Well, that's what happened with Joe Biden on camera. All of these things happen, and nobody even brings it up or talks about it. It makes no sense to me. Now, here's another clip. That one with Donald Trump saying that because he's a star, he can grab women by the you-know-whats, and everything is going to be just okay, and it's been acceptable for a million years. I mean, doesn't that seem just a little bit bizarre to you? That is put out by uh, this Twitter account. It's called Republican Accountability. They have 441,000 followers, and they are putting all kinds of information out there about Donald Trump that when you put it in context seems very uh, sinister. I don't like it. I don't like that it's out there. I don't like that nobody's paying attention to it. And I don't like that in retrospect, when he said he was going to win, 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 take care of the swamp, did none of it, that he is now the front runner in the Republican Party in a system that he says was corrupted, says is rigged, and nobody's even asking him why he's running in a rigged system again when nothing's been changed. We watch what happened in Arizona. Nothing has changed. A guy that led a movement against the system because it was being manipulated, the election system was being manipulated, is now running in the same system in 2024. I mean, you just can't make it up. Seems crazy to me. Now you have this. This is another clip where Donald Trump says this E. Jean Carroll is not his cup of tea. Uh, He would not be interested in her. And then in this particular clip, he points to her and says it's Marla Maples. He thinks that E. Jean Jean Carroll, the woman who, who is accusing him of rape, is Marla Maples, who was his wife. Because the per- the picture is blurry, he says, you know, he's not interested in E. Jean Carroll, he would never have any interest in her, but then points her out, or points Marla Maples out, as being E. Jean Carroll. So he's pointing to his ex-wife, thinking it's, e- or thinking it's um, his ex-wife, when it's really E. Jean Carroll. Does that make sense? I know I kind of booted that just a little bit. He thinks that E. Jean Carroll is not in the picture. He thinks his wife, his ex-wife, Marla Maples, he mistakes her for E. Jean Carroll, or vice versa, however you want to look at it. It's a crazy little clip. Let me play it for you because I have butchered it very nicely, but the bottom line is the woman that he was married to, he says that it's Marla Maples. That's the woman he's married to. It was really E. Jean Carroll. That's probably the best way to put it. Check this out. Clip number two, four. Ready? Go. You say Marla's in this photo? That's Marla, yeah. That's that's my wife. Which woman are you pointing to? No. Here. Carol. Oh, is that? The person oh, okay. you just pointed to was oh, Eugene Carroll. Who is that? Who is this? She's not my type, and that's 100% true. She's not my type. Uh, that's just a little clip put together for you where he's pointing to Eugene Carroll thinking it's his ex-wife. How bizarre is that? And then saying, I'm not interested in her at all. Well, he married the woman, so he, she must have some interest and it's just a little bit of the way they deposed him and how he stumbled over his own tongue. Because Donald Trump can say and do anything and attract a crowd on the Republican side, on the GOP side, simply because he has positioned himself as the enemy of their enemy. That's really what's going on. There's nothing he can do. Remember when he said he could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and we all went, oh, of course he's just joking. And he was just joking. I fully admit it. I'm just saying he may have been right because there are not many Donald Trump supporters that will leave the reservation. They just aren't going to leave. There's nothing he can do or say that will convince them that he's not the guy 
yet there's no evidence that he is the guy. There is no evidence that he is coming to save the day. There's no evidence that he's coming to clean out the swamp. There's no evidence that he has any competency to run these institutions, to clean up these institutions, and get this country back on the right track. There's no evidence whatsoever that he's the right guy for that job. Yet, because he is positioned the way he is, nobody will leave him. They, they are completely loyal to Donald Trump without any evidence other than empty rhetoric that he is the guy. Stick around. Segment number five. We'll be right back. Check it all out. SR1 Sundays. SR1 Sundays. All right, everybody, welcome back. Now I've been happy lately, thinking about the good things. I have one more clip from Donald Trump that I want to play. I believe it could be something. And I have a clip from Adolf Magoo Biden that I think is symbolic of the problems we have in this country. That song is Peace Train, and when I hear it, it just brings to mind what I think needs to happen in this country. We need a leader that can bridge the gap between the right and the left, explain how the government and its media are using its citizens against each other for their own political ambitions. They are servants to a different master. They are not working on our behalf. As I've said over and over again, if you pay attention to what they're trying to get done up there in D.C., they are doing everything they can to limit free speech. Suppress it if they can. You had Matt Taibbi go before Congress and tell you all about what they were trying to do on Twitter. Now, Twitter is the, or it was at the time, that is where people were sharing ideas. It was an open forum. But if you went against the narrative of the establishment, as Matt Taibbi and Elon Musk showed us, well, you had the intelligence agencies getting in your way, censoring you, stopping your ability to communicate with other citizens in this country and around the world. Why would they do that? It doesn't make any sense. And the reason they get away with it is it appeals to half of society. Half of society, if you're saying what they believe, They don't care what the other side thinks, and that's a real problem. That is the problem we face right now is both sides are so dug in. Both sides dislike each other and distrust each other so much. Where do you go? How do you clean up society unless you have a leader that brings both sides of the argument to the table? Brings both sides of the argument and says, listen, can't you understand how this person thinks? And can't you understand how the other side thinks? Can't you just see how they think? And then we come to a compromise and we move on because the temperament in this country, the way we debate and argue has changed dramatically over the course of the last 25 and 30 years. You know, back when I was in my 20s, we didn't argue like this. We may have disagreed about things politically, but we weren't at each other's throat. Now you have the politicians and the media working overtime to make sure that you and I are fighting that we're, that we're ready to kill each other on a daily basis and that we're distracted from any of the news that points at them. They have to make sure that D.C. operation, that fascist organization out there that was trying to get you to stick needles in your arm when you didn't need them, those group of people, the group of people that was trying to suppress your free speech, 
the people that are spying on you and sending your information all over the country, the people that want your guns desperately. Every time there's a shooting, they say, you know what? We know criminals did it, but we need to take those guns away from law-abiding citizens. And it doesn't take a lot of logic to figure out what's going to happen if you have all of these Soros-backed prosecutors around this country. And again, I talked about it on the Mike Ferguson show uh, on Friday morning in that interview. He asked me about Kim Gardner here in in, uh, St. Louis. And she has resigned, and I think she leaves on June 1st. But he asked me about Soros-backed prosecutors. You know, and when you just look at it, again, just slow down common sense. doesn't matter if you're on the right or the left. What matters is if it's being orchestrated. If these mass shootings could be stopped, but they're not. They're allowed to happen. These people often come in contact with the FBI. They come in contact with law enforcement. But they're, nothing's happening. So these criminals get back out on the street, create tons of havoc, and then the reaction is we take guns away from law-abiding citizens. Now, you know as well as I do that criminals aren't going to obey the laws. That's why they're criminals. So if criminals aren't going to pay attention to the laws and they have guns and they store guns and they sell guns and they have guns and law-abiding citizens don't, and then you have prosecutors, Soros-backed prosecutors, spread out all over the United States. There's 70-plus Soros-backed prosecutors who don't prosecute crime. Well, how's that going to work out for law-abiding citizens? Isn't it going to turn into Mexico where the drug cartels kind of run the entire operation? Isn't that what's about to happen here? Isn't that what Jacqueline Brager, who talked about the Sinaloa drug cartel running Arizona and in particular Maricopa County, isn't that the way she described events? That the Sinaloa drug cartel has control of it all? Isn't that what Mike Gill said about New Hampshire? He said the drug trafficking, the sex trafficking, and the money laundering is the center focus of what's going on in New Hampshire. That is how the system works. Corrupt. Corruption. And it goes completely unaddressed by anybody in the media. They completely ignore it. They won't even talk about it. If you should even ask the question, what's going on in New Hampshire? What's going on in Arizona? You're a conspiracy theorist. You can't even ask the questions. I see that as a real problem. I think we need a leader who can bridge the right and the left, explain what their government has been doing to them, in a logical manner that appeals to both sides, I think that could change the direction of the country, and I think it is desperately in need. Now, here's another clip from Donald Trump that I wanted to play for you because this is him. I think he's in Scotland. He's out, and you got to hear the it, there's wind going on in the background, so the audio is not the best. But he's talking again about E. Jean Carroll in this rape case where he has been accused of rape by this woman, and he did a deposition for her, and he's going to come back, and they're asking him if he'll come back for the trial. And he says, yeah, I think I'll come back. But you got to hear Donald Trump. You have to hear him in complete context in order to get a sense for where he's at on the issues. You have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. sitting down and having very long, complicated, wonky conversations where he explains how the institutions in the United States are ripping off the American people because they're in bed with the corporations and the politicians. Where Donald Trump is more of a, uh, he goes out and he preaches at the rallies. He's not taking these tough interviews. And he really never has taken the tough interviews. He only goes on the organized opposition press. So when you see him fighting with MSNBC and 60 Minutes and all this stuff, the first question you should ask is, why would he even go on those shows? Now, if he goes on those shows just because he wants to appeal to their audience, all he does is argue with them. You know, when the political press was attacking Donald Trump when he was the president of the United States, remember he'd walk out to the plane and you'd have the background noise and then all of the 
political press, the establishment press, would ask him these crazy questions, and it looked like he was entertaining everything they had to say. He'd stand in front of them and take the questions. Well, that is the corporate press. You don't see Donald Trump going out into the alternative media space where we dig down into issues and ask him questions. Like, Mr. Trump, nobody can understand why you took a million dollars from Pfizer and then put Alex Azar and Scott Gottlieb on a vaccine safety commission. Nobody can understand why you told us all you were going to drain the swamp. You saw the system. You knew it inside and out. You understood the system. You were coming to fix it. But then you endorse everybody that is a swamp rat, including McCarthy, McConnell, Ronna McDaniel, and Lindsey Graham. Make sense of that for us, Mr. Trump. We want to know where you're going with this thing because we don't understand it. Uh, but nobody asked him those questions. Nobody has asked him how he can run an election system that he just told us was rigged. How's he going to run it in 2024 when nothing's changed? And why aren't these questions being asked? Why is Donald Trump not being held down and asked these questions? Nobody seems to care. They're just going to follow Donald Trump knowing that he's avoiding all of these questions. He will only go on establishment news sources who are going to ask him very sanitized questions. That's the way this is shaping up, and I don't like it. That's why I think you have to pay more attention to what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is saying because he is tackling the issues that Donald Trump told us he was going to tackle. Here is Donald Trump. He's out on a golf course. You hear the wind blowing in the background talking about the E. Jean Carroll case. Check this out. Clip number 2-7. Ready? Go. I have to leave Ireland and I have to leave Scotland where I have great properties. I have to leave early. I don't have to, but I choose to. Will you attend the trial, Mr. President? I'll probably attend. It's a disgrace that it's allowed to happen. It's called false accusations against a rich guy, or in my case, against a famous, rich, and political person that's leading the polls by 40 points. And I have to go back for a woman that made a false accusation about me. And I have a judge who's extremely hostile. And I'm going to go back. And I'm going to confront this one. This woman is a disgrace, and it shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country. Are you that's totally false. It was fake. She's a fake. She wrote in a book. She's a Democrat. Uh, we have a rough judge. We have a judge that doesn't like me much. Appointed by Bill Clinton, and he's a he's a guy that doesn't like me much. He's I guess not allowing the coat that they wanted to put into evidence. Uh, when once we said yes, put it into evidence, they said, oh, we don't want to do that. It's a disgrace, but I have to do it. That's part of life. Everybody is the enemy of Donald Trump. So you have to support him if you're on that side of the fence. Everybody's the enemy. Clinton's the enemy. Although they were friends, and I've showed you how they were tied together many, many times, and I've given you the statements that he gave about both Hillary and Bill Clinton for years. They were buddies, going to weddings together and hanging out, called Bill Clinton his friend. Um, he stuck up for Bill Clinton when he was being accused of rape by all these women back in the 90s. This is who Donald Trump really is. This is the Donald Trump. But then when he ran for president, everybody was the enemy because he painted everybody as the establishment and that he was going to come in and clean up the establishment. Guys, he's not cleaning up the establishment. Isn't that clear to everybody by now? Here is Joe Biden. This is, this is what I mean when I say we are intentionally being divided. This is a big problem in this country because this is the president of the United States talking about Tucker Carlson. Listen to how ridiculous Adolph Magoo Biden is. You know that he is not running the country. You know that he's not the one sitting around the table going, hey, give me your opinion, give me your opinion, and then making a decision. You know for a fact, if you have any sense at all, 
that Joe Biden is not running the United States of America. He is not doing anything but reading script. So if that's the case, who is running our country? Check this out. This is Joe Biden at the White House Correspondents' Dinner talking about Tucker Carlson. Clip number two, five. Ready? Go. Well, the truth is, we really have a record to be proud of. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, earned historic legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. (laughs) What are you wooing about like that? Like, you think that's not reasonable? Give me a break. Just give me a break. Look, like. Listen to that crowd. It's so embarrassing. Joe Biden can barely speak. He can barely walk. He can barely think. He's been a con man from the very beginning. And all of that information is out there for the American public to see. But we do not have a press. We do not have a press that holds him accountable. It's the biggest issue we have in the entire country is we do not have, we don't have a press. We don't have any journalists. We don't have a press anymore. We have a government run media that will let these people get away with whatever they want to get away with. They never ask any questions. All they want is to snuggle up to the politicians they perceive as having power. They want access to these political people. And sometimes they're completely and totally in bed with these political operatives and they get away with murder day after day after day. It's incredible. And you would think that something would have to change, and I believe that it will. I really do. I think things will change at some point. We have to have a press that will tackle the tough issues and hold people like Joe Biden, who gave a quid pro quo right on television. You can watch it right now. Committed a crime. We have the laptop from Hunter Biden, the crackhead, right? And I think Hunter Biden, just one thing before we we got just a little bit of time here. I made a comment way back in the day that if you understand the process of getting sober, if you've ever been through AA and you understand the 12 steps, it's therapy for people. It's to teach people how to rewire their brain to be a productive member of society, to see the world through a proper lens. And if Hunter Biden is getting sober and he's went through some form of a program and he recognizes that he has to be honest, is it possible that he left those computers behind on purpose? Because not only did he leave his computer behind, but Joe Biden's daughter left her diary behind in a house that had been uh, bought by somebody else and left her diary behind, and that person got her diary and turned it over to the press. So you have both kids exposing our good friend Adolf Magoo Biden, but the press doesn't uh, pick up on it. Just enough to make you wonder whether it's true or not, right? Because if you remember, all of the CIA agents came out, all the people in the intel business and said, Hunter Biden's laptop, that's not real. That looks like Russian disinformation. When everybody knew that it was real, everybody knew what was going on there. You could see the videos. You understood what was happening. You had people that were attached to the Hunter Biden and the Joe Biden uh, con job going on Fox News and saying, look, this is what happened. I have the documents. You can read them. We have the emails. We have everything. We have everything you could possibly need. I just wonder... If both Hunter Biden and his daughter both left behind that information because they wanted to expose their father for the schmucko that he is. He's a bad guy. He's a con man. He's a thief. He's a plagiarist. He's a bad person. And he always has been. Nothing has changed about Joe Biden other than your perception that was orchestrated by the media. When 
Barack Hussein Obama brought Joe Biden into the administration, he went from being a nobody to being the hip guy with the aviators, all the fresh clothes walking around with the devilish grin, completely changed who Joe Biden was. Before that, he was known as a plagiarist. He'd ran for president a couple times, couldn't get 1%. He was a nobody. But after Barack Hussein Obama and the media repair of his image, well, he becomes the president of the United States with a very reliable 81 million legal votes. Do you believe that? Stick around. Final segment of the evening. We'll be right back. We get some The Rob Carter Show. The Rob Carter Show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Final segment of the evening. And I want to talk about these elite pedophile rings. I want to touch on this on the radio version of the show. And then dig deeper on the podcast version of the show. If you want a rebroadcast of this show, go to Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E, get the app. Search out SR1 and then the Rob Carter Show. You get a rebroadcast of this particular show. If you want the podcast, where right now we are talking about the elite pedophile rings and all of the public information that is out there. If you want that story, just go to the Rob Show Podcast.com with two B's, the Rob Show Podcast.com. Let me start here. I played this clip last week. I played it on my podcast, but I want you well, I want you to hear this one more time. This is HHS whistleblower Tara Lee Rodas, and I want you to listen to what she has to say. She talks about sending kids off to sponsors. That is the uh, word that caught my ear, because when she says they are sending these kids off to sponsors that are involved in very nefarious things, child pedophilia, child trafficking, they're getting one, two, three, four, five kids. These sponsors are giving multiple addresses so that these Government officials that are taking these kids in along the southern border. Our government is sending them off to these sponsors, and many of them are pedophiles. And then once they get to these pedophiles, they get trafficked, and we never hear from them again. It's incredible that this continues to go on. It's mind-blowing that nobody puts an end to it, because I believe it is a part of this system that we just turn our heads to. And I think it's sad. I think it's discouraging. But... The more people know about it, the more it comes to the realization that this is really happening. Once that reaches the top floor in your mind, I think we have to start doing something about it if all of these things are true, and it certainly seems that they are. Just a real quick recap. You have the story of Paul Benassi, who claims that he was a pedophile sex slave to the rich and famous all the way to the White House, and we've talked about that for the past two, three, four weeks. Then you have the story of Kathy O'Brien, who wrote a book called Transformation of America, and she says, again, that she was a child sex slave. Both people, Kathy O'Brien and Paul Benassi, both say that they were a part of a military project called Project Monarch. It was a mind control operation based around pedophilia and sex slaves. Not only to glean information from people, but to carry information, to compromise people in power, you name it. According to both Kathy O'Brien and Paul Benassi, 
And if you want more about those stories, it's on the podcast, or you can listen to past shows. They talk about a military operation around child sex slaves. It's crazy. But now, with that in the background, we are going to talk about the Delta Project, another sex trafficking ring that was discovered in the 1970s. And John Wayne Gacy, one of the most prolific pedophiles and serial killers in American history, was a part, apparently, was associated with this child pedophile ring. And if you remember, I told you once before, John Wayne Gacy was a political guy. There's a famous picture of him with Rosalind Carter. He was in the Democrat Party in the 70s. He was a popular figure, uh, dressed up as a clown. He was known as a uh, the clown killer, I think it was. So this documentary that I want you to pay attention to is called The, the Clown and the Candyman. And it tells you the story of the Delta Project. But again, you have the Delta Project, you have Paul Benassi and the Franklin cover-up out of Omaha, Nebraska. Then you have Kathy O'Brien and her book, Transformation of America. And then you have the Epstein story. And we just recently found out that Epstein was communicating with our CIA director after we found out he was a pedophile. How do you reconcile all that and say this is all nonsense, it's all crazy? You know, when you think through these things, it almost becomes impossible to deny it. But here is, I want to start with this because I want to lay this thing out for you. I only have 10 minutes left. I'm going to give you as much as I can to uh, wet your whistle so that you really start to pay attention to what's going on around elite pedophile rings because it, it's, a, it's just disturbing when you hear it all. But this is Tara Lee Rodas. She's an HHS whistleblower, and she testifies as to what she sees going on down at the border with child trafficking. Clip number three, four. Ready? Go. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. This is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. Now, whether it's intentional or not, it could be argued that the United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off of the lives of children. As for me, my interest is the safety of the children, I do not view this as a political issue. I view this as a humanitarian issue. I assure you, my motives are the highest and best. I want the children protected. So I want to tell you some of what I witnessed personally at the Pomona Fairplex. I saw vulnerable indigenous children from Guatemala who speak Mayan dialects and cannot speak Spanish. That means they cannot ask for help in English. They cannot help for, ask for help in Spanish. They become captives of their sponsors. I have sat with case managers as they've cried to tell me the horror of what has happened to children as they make the journey to this country. I saw apartment buildings where 20, 30, and 40 unaccompanied minors have been released. I saw sponsors trying to simultaneously sponsor children from multiple ORR sites at one time. I saw sponsors using multiple addresses to obtain sponsorships of children. And I saw numerous cases of children in debt bondage 
and the child knew they had to stay with the sponsor until the debt was paid. Now, she says they were sending kids off to sponsors. I want you to remember that word because it's going to come up here again in just a minute. I want to play this clip first. This is another uh, conversation. This is about what's going on at the southern border because we've had two mass shootings down in Texas over the course of the past couple of weeks. So some bad things are going on in Texas, and I believe it is because of the trafficking across the southern border. You're talking about very powerful organizations, very well-funded trafficking in women and children and drugs. They don't play games. And it's creating a network around our entire country, not just Texas, but around this entire country. So it's something we have to be very aware of because things can go south very quickly when the drug cartels and the human trafficking cells and the child pedophilia rings are working together within the borders of this country. It's just incredible to listen to. But pay attention to this next clip. This is Laura Logan at the end, and they're talking about what's going on at the southern border. Tie all of these things together. Remember, you got to think. We have to think through these things. Here is clip number one, three. Laura Logan and what's going down on the southern border. Go. In 25 months, 6 million total encounters and more than 1.7 million total gotaways. That's insanity. At this pace, in 48 months of this administration, this country is looking at encountering 14 million total encounters and gotaways. 14 million. And you don't want to see another dead migrant die in a tractor trailer like the 53 who died in the Texas heat in San Antonio last summer. Or the 856 who died along the Rio Grande and along the southwest border last year. The thousands that are in the sex trafficking trade as we speak in the supposedly strongest and most powerful nation in the history of the world. While we're sitting here right now, some little girl is in the back of a car on I-35 getting taken God knows where. We talk about the Mexican cartels. They are now the shadow government of Mexico. Why are they a shadow government? It's very simple. They don't want to worry about social security, education, this kind of stuff. No, it's much easier for the cartels to let everybody think that there's an actual government running Mexico. There is not. The cartels have gone into towns and cities across America, bought up property. So have the Chinese. They work hand hand in hand and they were they are in bed with people within this government so i don't buy the saber rattling doesn't mean the threat isn't real but look beyond the surface to what you're really looking at so in essence what she's saying is the mexican drug cartels along with the chinese are in bed running cartels drug trafficking sex trafficking around this country and that politicians and powerful people within our government are allowing it they are in bed together they are creating dark money for themselves That's a really serious charge from a very respected journalist in Laura Logan. Now, I want to get to this next clip because this is from the documentary The Clown and the Candyman, and it talks about pedophile rings going all the way back to the 70s, supplying young boys to the rich and powerful in all parts of our government, to politicians, the police force, um, uh, the entertainment business, everything. The documentary is called The Clown and the Candyman. I found it on Hulu. I suggest everybody watch it to give you some insight as to the evil stuff that is going on in this country. This is clip number five one. This is the very beginning as they explain the connection between John Wayne Gacy and this guy named Dean Coral. Check this out. 
They were more than a thousand miles apart, yet two of America's most notorious serial killers had a lot in common. The most shocking and horrifying result of older men having sex with young boys is the story of Dean Coral in Houston, Texas, and more recently John Gacy in Chicago. These handcuffs were found at his residence during the search warrant. Gacy later admitted that he got the handcuff trick from Coral. And he also bragged that he got more kids than Coral did. Not 28 like Coral, but 33. He was a pedophilia copycat. This series investigates evidence they were connected to a secret nationwide network in the 1970s. They probably consider John David Norman the kingpin of all the porno operations. We searched the apartment and found over 2,000 file cards with the names of over 2,000 boys ranging in age from 14 to 20. He couldn't stop. This was a guy that just could not stop. It was a wide and deep hidden web of pedophiles preying on young men. Doctors, lawyers, all the way down. Police departments. Some of them were Boy Scout leaders in Boy Scout Troop 137. These people with power, especially political power, they can get a lot of things erased. And it goes on to say that all of those cards that these cops say that they saw disappeared throughout the investigation. They're completely gone. And one of these journalists goes, anytime you get close to power, all of the information about the pedophile rings, they disappear. They go bye-bye. Once it reaches a certain, uh, uh, certain part of our government, everything just disappears, which is exactly what they said in the Franklin cover-up. And it's what Kathy O'Brien said in the book Transformation of America. And we saw it happen right before our very eyes, right within the last few years with Jeffrey Epstein. It's incredible. Check this out. Now, listen to the word sponsors here because we heard the testimony from Tara Lee Rodas about sending kids off to sponsors who have ties to pedophilia. Listen to this. This is from the documentary The Clown and the Candyman. Clip number five, two. Ready, go. Police compiled the names of 30 juveniles from 13 states who were allegedly procured as companions for older men known as sponsors. There were over 100 cards. It was a nationwide child trafficking ring discovered one week after the Dean Coral mass murders in Houston made headlines. So far, 24 bodies have been recovered. They're all teenage boys who were tortured, sexually abused, and then brutally killed. 34-year-old Dean Kroll sexually assaulted all of the victims. Then they were tortured by 17-year-old Elmer Wayne Henley. Henley was charged with four counts of murder. There were all these rumors that Coral was part of an organization where he was paid to send teenage boys to California to be part of this homosexual teenage ring. In fact, Elmer Wayne Henley had said in his confession that Coral said he belonged to a group out of Dallas that bought and sold boys. Crazy documentary. I think everybody should get a get a sense of what's going on in this documentary because it is it lines up perfectly with the stories that I've been talking about. You know, the Franklin cover up with Paul Benassi, the uh, book Transformation of America. Both of those people, Kathy O'Brien and Paul Benassi, said they were part of a military operation that was providing sex operatives to the rich and powerful. Now you go, this is all the way back in the early 70s. And nobody's even heard of it. I guarantee if you ask 100 people on the street, regardless of the age, they are not going to remember the story about the Delta Project, where the people involved in that pedophile ring said the same thing as Paul Benassi and Kathy O'Brien. 
that the very rich and powerful in this country, some of them, are using child pedophile slaves to compromise people in power and to be used by people in power. Uh, when you dig into it, it just will blow your mind. TheRobShowPodcast.com. We'll dive deeper into that conversation. I'll give you all of the details. We'll tie the stories together. I think you'll find it very interesting. Have a wonderful Sunday evening, everybody. We'll see you next week at 6 o'clock on The Rob Carter Show. Good night, everybody. The Rob Carter Show. We get these pills to swallow. one Sundays. This is SR1.